Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. I am your host, Heather McFadden, and this is the place where I'm going to walk alongside you and connect you with people and resources so you know that you don't mom alone. In this episode number 307, I'm welcoming back on the show my friend, Lynn Hoffman. So much going on that we don't have a lot of emotional capacity. It's one of the areas that I was talking about earlier about recognizing that I'm a limited human being and I have a limited amount of emotional capacity. It is not infinite. And so for me, I have to recognize that I don't have the capacity right now. And so it's my responsibility, not somebody else's. It's my responsibility to do what you said you did when you recognized that you were really struggling. Is you pulled back and you you spent some time with the Lord, you studied some scripture, you did some inner work, you tried to really listen to worship music to really figure out, okay, what's going on with me and what do I need in this moment? And to help find people who can provide that or, or you provide it in ways that are helpful to you, that help nurture you so that you can now go back and have approach someone and have a conversation that's not going to be a a confrontation and a threatening and blaming and um, punishing type of situation. So back in 2016, I had Lynn come on the show. You can find that link in our show notes. In that episode, she shares some of her story and we talk about 12-step recovery programs. Lynn has written a curriculum about that that we use at our church for our Celebrate Recovery program and In that 12-step process, you are working through your feelings, your thoughts, and your actions. And one of the steps is making amends with those that you have harmed because of patterns of behavior, the thinking, the feeling, and the doing. And so I thought Lynn would be the perfect person to come on here and coach us through how to have healthy conflict. In light of all that 2020 has brought, how do we enter into the holidays and into the new year and work through our side of the conflict before we approach conversations with other people. It's really fantastic stuff. I can't wait to get to it before we do. Stick around the end of the show. I'm going to tell you what we're doing on the podcast the month of December. All right, let's get to my chat with Lynn. Here we go. Hey, Lynn, welcome back to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. Thank you, Heather. I'm so glad to be with you again. You are a wise woman in our church community, and so I'm thrilled to bring you to my listeners. Oh, you're so sweet. (laughs) Well, like you and I were saying, this is a part of our church culture to talk about with recovery language in everyday (laughs) interactions, and I would love to help equip and empower more people. And so, and for them to get curious and for them to continue to do the inner work so that we can live our best selves in community. So are you ready to do that? Are you ready to help me (laughs) accomplish that goal? Well, we'll see how far we get with that goal, but it sounds like a good one. Yeah. I think if anything, if we can open some file folders, particularly in the area of conflict, there's so, uh, so many potential areas for conflict right now and yet not a lot of tools on how to resolve it. And because we are keeping our social distance, we could maybe keep our distance from the conflict and not make the amends that are going to help us move forward in peace in the future. So I love what you have shared with me on why, why do we have conflict? 
Why is this happening? <laughs> why is this happening? Yes. And why does it keep happening? And why does it keep happening over the same things? Mm. Um, these are things that we all experience no matter um, where we are in life, no matter how old we are, how young we are, or how many relationships we have, but we always experience some level of conflict. And I guess what I've come to understand over the years is that's going to happen no matter who we're in relationship with, number one. It doesn't mean I need to find a different person to be in relationship with. What it means is that we're all human and we're all very different. God created us very uniquely and very with very different attitudes and abilities and thoughts and preferences. And because of that, um, we're going to end up coming alongside each other and not always agreeing. We also are have a limited perspective. Um, I don't know that I always understood that, but in fact, what I think I understand or what I assume to be going on in a specific situation isn't always true. And I don't know that I ever really understood that before, but that as, as a human being, I don't understand everything and I don't see everything. And I hate to say it, but I don't know everything either. So with that, the fact that number one, I am different from other people. And number two, um, I'm a limited human being. And so are they. I also come with a set of um, things related to the sin nature that I have. I have a tendency to be very fearful. I have a tendency to be inconsiderate, to be selfish. And, and because of those things, I'm continually looking around me for things that tell me I matter, to help ease my fears, to help me um, deal with my life. And so because I, I want people to validate me, I want to feel loved, I want to feel wanted. And I'm looking around me all the time at other people to kind of hope through their words or actions, they're going to validate the things you know, that I feel like I need. So in addition to those things, I also come with a past. Mm -hmm. So as a human being, I not have, not have only the fact that I'm different, but that also I'm limited, that I struggle with being fearful and insecure, and I come with a past. I have experiences that have shaped my thoughts and my feelings, and I have wounds that may need to be healed, and I have hurts that are probably seeking some kind of resolution. I may even have some anger that wants to punish. Um, and I have unmet needs that are seeking some fulfillment from someone somewhere. And I bring all of this that encompasses my humanity into every relationship. And so as you can see, it's kind of a, a setup for conflict or disagreement that's going to happen in any relationship that I have. I mean, yes. <laughs> yes. And this explains why when we're only on social media or texting or like remotely communicating with people and don't know the whole of someone's story or what they're bringing to that specific interaction that we're going to cause offense without any intention to harm. We're going to harm one another. My worst version of myself based on the pandemic and just isolation and stress is going to crash into your worst version of yourself. And we're going to get our feelings hurt. Our feelings will be hurt, but we might actually damage relationship going forward. I mean, I just can see that. Like sometimes I'll say, even on this podcast, I'm going to say something and the listener, I don't know the, all of their hurts and all of their wounds and all of their insecurities. And so I may say something that's offensive. Right. And so, okay, this, let's even talk about this in our families. Like if we're spending a lot of time 
with our husband and our kids? <laughs> like, how does this show up? All of those things that you're right. just talking about. Yeah. We just talked about, like for myself, all the things that I bring to this relationship. So now yeah. when I kind of look at the other people, like my husband or my kids or my family members, my parents, and can, and when I can kind of think about the fact they're bringing all that same kind of stuff into this relationship, as you said, their insecurities, their fears, their struggles, their wounds, what just happened to them last week that I may not even know about. And, and all of a sudden they're bringing that into this, you know, encounter that we're going to have. And we can offend each other because we're just so maybe that person is needing some validation because they just lost their job and they're feeling really insecure. And I don't know that. And I say something that makes them feel less than, you know, I talk about, you know, some new thing that just happened in my life that really helped me and really was had a positive impact. And I got this new great job offer something. Now they are feeling less than they're feeling shame. Well, I haven't done anything necessarily wrong, but that person now is feeling offended because they're feeling less than. And so they're looking to me to say something to them that's going to make them feel better. And so this is what happens when we have these encounters. There, there are all these unspoken needs um, or old hurts that we're bringing. Mm, the unspoken need. That to me, yes. Like sometimes, especially as moms, we're going, we're serving, we're meeting so many other people's needs that we're not taking the time to do the work on why am I feeling so stressed? What are my needs? I don't even have the bandwidth to take the time to think about that, to know what to ask of you, friend, <laughs> like that I'm <laughs> meeting for coffee or just running into on a sideline or in a carpool or who I happen to call that I know I, maybe I know I need to talk some, to someone, but I don't know how to ask for that. Right. Right. Don't, I don't, I can tell you um, when I was going through my divorce years ago, I started counseling and what became apparent to my counselor really early on was that I had not a clue about what was going on with me, that I was very in tune with other people and their needs. And I was doing a great job of being sensitive to those and helping them. As you said, I think it's a characteristic many of us have as moms. So I was able to help meet those needs, but I really didn't have a clue what my needs were. And it really took several years of me being in counseling and working through some issues for me to start identifying, oh, I have a need to be validated. Um, I really have a need for someone to tell me they think I'm doing a good job or I have a need to be seen. I really have a need to be heard for somebody to hear me, to understand what makes me me um, and to see what I'm, what I think and what I feel and to know my heart. And I really hadn't experienced that a lot in my life. So I didn't even know that I had that need. All I knew was I was really tired and I felt unfulfilled and I felt pretty empty, but I couldn't tell you why. Like Lynn is sharing, motherhood is hard. It is hard to be aware of our own needs. And you know what? That's why I love sharing with y'all this sponsor because it helps take care of your people and your world so you can maybe put a little bit more energy to your own needs. What if I could share with you a product that is fantastic for your babies, soft, absorbent, prevents blowouts, reasonably priced, and you don't have to leave your house to get more diapers? Okay, 
It's Hello Bello. It's co-founded by my favorite, Kristen Bell and Dax Shepard. It's built on the idea that babies deserve the best, which is why they offer premium baby products at affordable prices. You can get a bundling service with 20 different rotating designs. I had my friends try out these diapers, Meredith and Haley, and they could attest that they worked, were adorable, and made their lives a little bit easier. If you head over to hellobello.com forward slash DMA, you're going to get 25% off your diaper bundle order. That's a huge bang for your buck. Lots of potential blowouts saved. That's hellobello.com forward slash DMA for Don't Mom Alone. And you can start bundling your 25% off order and get 15% off any add-ons. They have vitamins. They have wipes. They have lotions. Don't forget, it's hellobello.com forward slash DMA. And it feels like you were saying our human selves tend towards insecurity and being selfish. And so sometimes saying what we need feels just additionally selfish. But if you came to me as a friend and said, you know what, Heather, I really need to feel validated. I would, of course, want to do that for you. Right. It's, but we it's don't. interesting. We don't, we don't do that for each other. Somehow we feel that that's I, I don't know about everybody else, but in I felt like in my family of origin, I got this message that people should just know what I need and mm-hmm. I should just know what they need. And, and I should not only know it, I should provide it. And if I didn't, then I was being a bad daughter, friend, parent, whatever. There was not a lot of communication of what those were. You were left to try to figure it out and then to try to figure out what that person needed and provide it. And I can tell you, I probably failed more than I succeeded because I was just always in my head trying to figure it out. And I didn't know, does this person need validation or are they looking for some feedback or some advice? You know, are they comfortable with who they are or they need me to kind of help them know that they matter? I got really tired of trying to figure it out and I needed to learn what I needed so I could ask for it. Yeah. And I was telling you, I I feel like this word curious keeps coming up in conversations I'm having, particularly with my friend Amber of just when I'm really out of sorts. So I would, I did not have the best day yesterday. I was feeling completely out of sorts. I went to bed at like seven 30. I was just done. And so this morning I woke up and instead of just grumbling and complaining, I thought, okay, let me get curious about myself. What is going on in me that caused me to want to shut down and flee? And so I don't know. I think sometimes we don't do that work in a conflict to consider what's going on in us. Instead, we just (laughs) take it out on others. And you wrote a 12-step recovery study and the point of recovery is to help people who have more harmful coping mechanisms to untangle why they're going to that coping mechanism and then to make things right with the people that they've harmed and hurt when they've gone to alcohol, drugs, whatever the coping mechanism that's hurting people. But like we've kind of covered, you know, why we do it, (laughs) we do that work, Um, how we do it, is is kind of this um, undealt with woundings, right? Is that what we do? Is we come at each other not having done the inner work? 
Absolutely. And, and I think, again, it kind of go back, goes back to we just model what we've seen in our families or in, or in our cultures. And, and so if people have a tendency around us to be critical and blaming, then maybe we adopt a, a demeanor of just trying to get along and being nice. I know that's the position that I came from. I'm, I was very much a codependent. I really wanted everybody to be happy and I just tried to do whatever I could to make their worlds okay so then I could be okay. Hmm. Um, and so I think we all have these coping mechanisms. Like you said, for people in recovery, maybe it's something as severe as drugs and alcohol, but for others, and maybe that I just get really angry or maybe it's I just withdraw emotionally or even more so I withdraw physically from a relationship or from a situation um, or I get defensive um, or I maybe attack or defend myself. You know, I mean, we all have lots of different things that we use to try to, you know, make life work. We use sarcasm or we can use humor anything we can do to sort of deflect a situation. But the reality is if we'll just take the time to step back and do the inner work and figure out what's really going on with us, we can make some permanent changes that will help us not have to fall back into some of those old coping mechanisms. So we've, we've said inner work, we've said, think about yourself, get curious about yourself. And originally we brought the conversation of conflict but I think what we want to emphasize is where we start in trying to reconcile a conflict is with us. <laughs> we start with <laughs> us, right? <laughs> so talk us through, like, what do we do first? Let's say the last eight months, there's lots of potential for conflict, lots of potential for disagreements or broken relationship. What do we do first to make things right as we head into a new year? Wow, that's a really good question. Um, you know, what I have found works best is for me to not seek to first get somebody to apologize. Because um, I think our tendency is to immediately just I want to go to that person and I just want them to say what I want to hear or to apologize for being wrong or whatever, but to actually step back from that and actually do some inner work and to really look at kind of what really happened and get some perspective. And so I've sort of kind of come up with some questions we can ask ourselves to help us maybe identify what is really going on in me. And so the first is you just kind of start with asking yourself, well, okay, what happened? Okay, when did I start feeling the anxiety or the struggle or the stress? You know, what happened today? And, and just what was that situation? And then once I've looked at, okay, here's what the situation was, I've identified that. And then I can ask myself, well, what do I think about this situation or what am I thinking about the person I was interacting with? And then once I've kind of put some words to that and it helps to kind of write this out, but then after I've done that, then maybe ask myself, well, what did I want in that situation? Okay. I, I can talk about what happened, but generally speaking there, because I'm feeling some anxiety around what happened, I wanted something There was probably some unmet need something I expected. What was my expectation of this person or this situation? Um, and then finally to ask ourselves, well, then how do I feel? You know, based on what happened, how do, how do I feel? And to start there, okay, that's me getting in touch with what's going on in me around this situation. And, and then I can start thinking about, okay, what am I going to do about it? it comes later, but first I have to better understand what was going on with me. Hmm. So helpful. So rarely done. 
<laughs> I'm thinking of myself. So rarely am I thinking through what happened, what am I thinking, what do I expect or want, and how do I feel now and related to any past feeling? Like, what is it? I feel like sometimes these conflicts are hitting old wounds or like <laughs> taking a scab off something, in particular when it comes to extended family or even the family we've been hanging out with the most these last few months, right. is they're hitting the same thing. <laughs> right. Over. That's unfortunate. But yes, it yeah. is often they haven't changed and we haven't changed. And so the same wounds keep happening. The same issues keep coming up. And the, and the issue is we don't really know how to deal with them any differently other than how we've dealt with them before. Yeah. And, you know, I just want to give you an example. Um, you know, Zoom has become such a common thing for all of us. Well, my dad is having his 90th birthday party and has said it's probably best if you don't come to see me. So we yeah. organized with the family to have a big Zoom meeting to celebrate his birthday. And I sent him like uh, hats and, you know, gifts and all that. And my brother sent food and we had this whole thing. And then all the family, the grandkids and the, the brothers and sisters and all the in-laws and everybody got on this huge Zoom call to wish my dad happy birthday. And I can tell you that there was a person who chose not to participate in that call that um, it made me really angry. And it also made me really, really sad. And I walked away from that call just thinking, I don't even know what to do with all these feelings. I've got a lot of feelings around all this. And I think that for me, I was thinking this person is so inconsiderate that they weren't willing to show up and express some congratulations to someone that has been pretty meaningful in their life. And, and then that moved from that to, and they always fail to show up and they never right. want to participate. Always and never. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and they never want to participate in what's going on in our family. And then when I started to ask myself, okay, well, so what did I want from that? Mm. I wanted my dad to be happy. You know, the codependent in me still rages and I wanted him to be happy. I want a happy family. I want everybody to get along. I want everybody to be together. I want us to all have, you know, play happy family. And even if we're not happy, can we just play happy family? Because <laughs> if we could just play happy family, then I could be okay. Yeah. Um, and so I wanted to go to that person and really confront him. And to say, I think this is wrong, and here's why I think this is wrong, and why are you being so inconsiderate and hurtful? And, and I was feeling very sad and very angry and disappointed all at the same time. Hmm. And, and so at least I had an idea of, okay, I need to take the situation, and I had to really figure out before I go and just do what I sometimes do is get in people's faces and say, you know, this is wrong and you shouldn't have done this to really analyze what's going on with me around this first to really get a grip on what's really true and to get some perspective. Because again, because I have a limited humanity, I don't always know what's true and I'm making a lot of assumptions about a lot of things. Yeah. And so I, I, I had to come back to what's really true about this is that Number one, I'm only responsible for me. I am not responsible for what other people choose to do or not do. And I think in my life, I've always taken responsibility for things that weren't mine. And so for me to just step back and say, they're different. They don't always value the things that I value. They don't always choose to do things the way that I would do them. And that's okay. It's not a reflection of me and it shouldn't affect 
how I experience the situation. Um, and that I can want to have happy family, but I'm not in charge of outcomes and I'm certainly not in charge of other people. Mm-hmm. And so I was having unrealistic expectations that somehow all these people were going to get together and they were all going to get along and they're all going to just show up and be nice and kind so we can all act like this happy family that everybody else seems to have, but that I don't seem to have, which is another thing that I tell myself, right? We all look at everybody <laughs> else's families and think they have a happy family. So yeah. I should be able to have one too. Well, the truth is we all have very dysfunctional families. And <laughs> <laughs> Repeat and so, that to yourselves <laughs> over and over. Yes, Right. Yes. We all have really dysfunctional yes. families. And so when I can grasp the truth of that, Um, I can start coming back to this place of he doesn't owe me an apology um, and he's not responsible to me for for his behavior that that's between him and my dad and it's not my place to come in and intercede in that it's just my place to just accept that person in in that particular case and just say I I forgive his limited humanity Um, I forgive him because he's limited like me and he's not always going to do things you know, the way I, the way that I would do it. And, and then I can, I'm not running off now expecting there to be this really big apology. Maybe you can relate to Lynn's story of the conflict over Zoom, just the dysfunction and the distance it grows. And so I want to tell you about a fantastic gift that's going to help connect you with loved ones despite the distance or any dysfunction or difficulty, all the Ds. Uh, It's called Skylight Frames. And we gave one to Bruce's parents. I love it so much. It's in their kitchen. When I was over at their house for Thanksgiving, I saw that my sister-in-law had sent several pictures to the frame, new ones. I was like, oh, there's new pictures on here because all she had to do was from her phone, pick a picture and send it to our specific email address for that frame and it'll pop up. I saw the kids scrolling through the pictures. They can love the pictures. The setup is less than 60 seconds. You plug it in, you use the touchscreen, you connect to the wireless network and enjoy. You can even preload it with pictures by sending a bunch to that email address. So when they open it and plug it in, there are already pictures on it. Here's the deal. As a Don't Mom Alone listener, you're going to get $10 off your purchase of a Skylight Frame when you go to skylightframe.com and use our special code DMA for Don't Mom Alone. That's right. You're going to get $10 off your purchase of a Skylight Frame. Just go to skylightframe.com and enter the code DMA. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E dot com. Promo code D-M-A. So then what do you do with all that? So you've done all that work. Would that be satisfactory? Or would you even have a conversation and bring to him, when this happened, I felt this way and not expect anything in return, but bring the conflict to him. But at least now, now, as you and I talked about earlier, I'm coming from a little more safe place because I'm not coming from a place of, I have a need that you need to meet. Hmm. I'm coming from a place of, I recognize that you're just a limited human being as I am. And you're not always going to do things the way that I do or that I would want you to do. And I can just come and have a conversation with you and just say, you know, when this happened, you know, when you didn't show up for this, what I made up about that was, is that you didn't want to be a part of our family. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I've had some other experiences in with you where I felt that same way. And so I felt just really hurt and really angry. And I was just wondering if maybe we could talk about it, just mm-hmm. have, you know, just have a conversation and I, you know, and, and ultimately I've had this kind of conversation um, with this person before and I was able to then ask for what I wanted, which was, I'd like for us to have, spend a little more time together. I'd like to have a little more, you know, few more phone conversations. I'd like for us to maybe see each other more frequently. Um, and can we plan some times for those to happen? So I can ask for what I want, because that's what I really want is I want some time with this person um, and to build a relationship. And I can ask for it. Maybe they'll respond. Maybe they won't. In this particular case, there was some response, but maybe not a lot of follow through. And I can be, continue to be disappointed, but I've shown up as an adult. I've not fallen back into some of my childish behaviors of, I'm just going to pull away and I'm not going to talk to you because you've hurt me. Um, and I'm not going to tell you what you've done, but I've, I'm communicating with you honestly about what's on my heart and how I'm hurt. And I'm asking you for what I would like, but ultimately I have to be willing to accept what you're willing to give. Um, And that at times can be hard, but it's learning to live in the tension of things not being resolved and everything not being perfect. I love all of that. And I think some of the listeners kind of chimed in with situations they're needing help on with making amends. And I think for a lot of the ones they brought up, this is a solution. I mean, we can't make someone make amends with us. We can't keep someone from doing anything, but we can do our part. That's what like you brought up. I am responsible for my part and my pain in this or whatever feelings I'm having in the situation. Someone brought up, you know, someone gossiping about you. Okay. That's something that has real feelings, real needs that you need to work through on your end before you approach the person who gossiped, right? Right, right. And then you have to figure out what am I wanting from that person? Mm-hmm. Right. Because there could be, a, you may not want to be in relationship with someone who gossips about you, but you need to resolve the feelings of pain and hurt on your end and figure that out and bring that to them so that you don't just cut the person out of your life. Exactly. I think that's what we're talking about is how to build a relationship, how to have honest conversation about painful things, and then not just maybe end the relationship, but maybe set some appropriate boundaries. You know, you can ask the person, I really appreciate if you have an issue with me, I I wish you'd just come and talk to me. I am open to hear anything that you have to say that, you know, certainly might benefit me and my ability to interact better because I care about you or care about other people. And I want to know if I'm doing something that's hurtful. And, and I would really hope that you would come and talk to me about that so that you can build the relationships instead of just cutting them off. And then there's, there's no growth possible either or no healing. I think your example over the Zoom birthday call hits on a lot of um, mismatched expectations for even the holidays coming up. There's potential for, you know, some family members having significant fears of taking extra risk and gathering and others feeling like gathering should take precedent over the risk and there's just a mismatch. And so instead of feeling rejected, like they, their fear of spreading a virus trumps their relationship with me, just communicating, I feel on my end, 
a rejection? And is there a way for us to connect in relationship <laughs> over the holidays? You know what I'm saying? Like being honest about your feelings is okay. That's okay to communicate that. You don't get to control their response. It's not like a manipulative, if I tell them that now they need to, they need to take the risk that they're unwilling to take or whatever it is. Yeah, I think that just being open to having those conversations with being able to, I'm going to, I'm not going to judge you, number one. I'm not going to judge you from having an opinion that's different than mine. That's tricky though. Lynn, I feel like (laughs) 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 that's a whole thing that you just said because the judging is happening. The judging is happening. And that's the judging of having different priorities. Mm-hmm, like right. someone may be totally fine to be involved and in, have their child involved in sports, but totally not fine to gather for family. There's different priorities for every family and how they're even consuming news and what, whether they think masks are okay or not. Okay. I mean, everything's become divisive and there's judgments on whatever conclusion you've drawn. Absolutely. And, and I think that we all do that. And just coming to this place of understanding, it's not my job to judge someone else, that that's a very um, kind of what I learned in recovery. It's a very controlling behavior. I'm con- trying to control my environment. And that means I'm trying to control people and mm. situations. And we have no control over what other people choose to do. And it's not my job to judge or assess or to try to control and tell them how they should live their life. I get to decide that within my own small little framework or family. But if my family, you know, we have some of that where some of our family wants to get together for the holiday and some of them don't because they're feeling really threatened and scared about the pandemic. And for me to just be in a place of it's okay, it doesn't mean that they don't want to be with us. And maybe, we, as you said, we can plan something else. We can do a Zoom call. It's not that there's not a consideration. It's just that they have a higher level of fear and maybe a little less risk tolerance than someone else. And it's okay for them to say, I'm not comfortable. And, and historically, I think as a people and a culture, we're not very accepting of other people's differences of opinion. They get to have, I mean, obviously, I'm not talking about whether somebody you know wants to harm someone physically or something that's clearly immoral. But we're just talking about value judgments here. Mm-hmm. And in that situation, they get to decide what works for them and what doesn't work for them. And I don't get to tell them what should work for them or not work for them. I think you made the excellent point of the judging is connected to control. And I think also, like I mentioned to you, I think some of this lack of inner work and focusing in on what's going on and being curious about what's going on in me and how I'm responding is because we're in fight or flight. We are in survival mode and either we are shutting down (laughs) in flight (laughs) or we are attacking and we are looking for some semblance of control. And so um, I mentioned Carissa Fry is a friend of both Lynn and I, and she came on the show and talked about the window of tolerance. And I think it it applies here. There's that that window where we're in a place of learning and curiosity. And when you're in a pandemic, it is hard to find that window um, to be curious. It's, it's going to take an intentional choice to pull away from maybe media or news that's causing you to feel stress or um, whatever situation is causing you to shut down to kind of pull away and take a moment. I mean, that's what I had to do this morning and take a moment turn on some worship music, get out my journal, read some scripture and do the work 
am I looking to people to provide the grace and the mercy that only God can provide? And can I settle in and be content to turn to him and find that need met there instead of false, (laughs) false versions of that around me, you know? Right, right. Yes, absolutely. And I think you're right that because we're in a pandemic, we all have shortened fuses. You know, that window of tolerance is very small. Mm -hmm. We're just exhausted from carrying fear all day long and being with people all day long in our homes and our families, much more so maybe we're feeling trapped. There's just so much going on that we don't have a lot of emotional capacity. It's one of the areas that I was talking about earlier about recognizing that I'm a limited human being and I have a limited amount of emotional capacity. It is not infinite. And so for me, I have to recognize that I don't have the capacity right now. And so it's my responsibility, not somebody else's. It's my responsibility to do what you said you did when you recognized that you were really struggling. Is you pulled back and you, you spent some time with the Lord, you studied some scripture, you did some inner work, you tried to really listen to worship music to really figure out, okay, what's going on with me and what do I need in this moment? And to pr- help find people who can provide that or, or you provide it in ways that are helpful to you, that help nurture you so that you can now go back and have approach someone and have a conversation that's not going to be a a confrontation and a threatening and blaming and um, punishing type of situation. We are limited human beings. We are doing the inner work so that we can have healthy conflict. I want to share with you a great gift idea to bring your family together, whether you are apart or in the same town Ancestry is the family activity and gifting solution to bring your family closer together, looking at your past and your present through the shared history. I had my Ancestry DNA results come in when I was with my extended family, and it was super cool to talk to my brothers and sister and mom about where we were from and just kind of laugh and enjoy connecting on that shared story. And the holidays are the great time to do this with your family. Don't miss their special holiday pricing on this truly meaningful gift during their holiday sale at Ancestry. Go to my URL at Ancestry.com forward slash DMA to get your Ancestry gift today. That's Ancestry.com forward slash DMA for Don't Mom Alone. Um, Someone brought up in the listener responses that they have a parent who continually brings up offenses. Like she won't let things go. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also seen in our Dallas community, a certain trend of moms confronting other moms and bringing scripture into the mix. And I got confronted on something, um, a listener for a commercial I had and feeling like it could lead people astray. And like, we're not even in a relationship. I just think there's some, with this making amends conversation, what advice do you have? Like, I, we can't control a mom who keeps bringing up offenses. So how does this listener handle that? Like, she still has to make amends somehow and confront her mom on the constant confrontation. <laughs> like, how do we manage that? How do we handle, how do we handle when people inappropriately try to confront yeah, you know, the the first first thing I think it's important for us to remember 
is if we tell ourselves and remind ourselves, it's not about me, it's about them. Right. Okay. So in any circumstance, like with the mom, this isn't about what I have or haven't done. Um, this is about mom who seems to feel the responsibility to point out things that she sees aren't right. And that doesn't make it okay because number one, she's not really in a mom role anymore. Um, as when we're dealing with adult children, for me as a mom now, my job is just to love them and support them and, and encourage them and be here if they need me for something. It's not to point out where in my limited perspective, I think they may be going astray. Mm -hmm. But when we're in relationship with someone like that, you can try to have the conversation, not an angry conversation. You know, do some work so you know what's really going on and, and know what you want and know what's happening. And so you can say, Mom, when you said, you know, that you felt like I wasn't a good mom, that I wasn't parenting my kids well, I was feeling really inadequate and really sad um, and, and really judged by you. Um, and I was really wondering if you would refrain from making comments like that to me unless I ask you for some feedback about my parenting. And let them, so that you're communicating to your parent, they're saying something or doing something that's hurting you, but you're not doing it in a defensive, mean way. Um, you're letting them know you. You're letting them understand your heart and that you love them and care for them, but you're being hurt by their behavior and ask them to stop this behavior. Now, as we all know, sometimes that doesn't happen. <laughs> I was going to say, um, <laughs> and then you release it because you can't control people. You're not because responsible for their response. That's yeah. right. Exactly. You've learned this well, Heather. Um, and, and <laughs> I don't so know, then, learn. I've heard. <laughs> I can repeat. I'm a parent, but I don't know, learn. Yeah. So I think that's when we end up having to then move to the next level. If the behavior is not changing, you can kind of reinforce, mom, do you remember when we had that conversation? And, and try to give them some grace. But if it's still becoming a difficult situation, that's where we start instituting some boundaries. You know, you've set a verbal boundary. Now maybe you were going to want to set some kind of physical boundary where, okay, I'm only going to talk to mom. I'm going to talk to her a few times during the month or during you know the year. However, whatever your schedule is, maybe you need to start limiting your interactions mm -hmm. because now you're being an adult and saying, this is really upsetting to me and I feel really hurt and I, I don't want to just keep putting myself into a situation where I'm going to be criticized, where I'm going to be condemned and judged and then just kept saying, oh, well, you know, I mean, yes, we want to offer them grace. And yes, we want to continue to maintain some kind of relationship, but it doesn't have to be the same kind of relationship. Yeah. And we did an episode with Dr. Townsend on, I think, I think it's called like boundaries with your parents or in-laws or something like that. I'll have Sarah Jane link to that in the show notes if you guys need help on what boundaries are and what they aren't. But I think, Lynn, this has been such a helpful conversation that hopefully you could just say, hey, there's a great podcast <laughs> you should go listen to <laughs> on how to friends. Um, no, I think that ultimately it is recognizing our part and starting with us, <laughs> you know, doing the work with God when we process in our recovery groups, we try to keep language to I. Uh, and so I think that is true even in conflict. What is my part and where did I perhaps 
uh, misinterpret or where am I, where am I taking offense? And then, you know, how am I responding? And I think we've covered that really well. I hope that it has encouraged those listening in whatever hard division or situation they're finding themselves in or that their nervous is going to happen over the holidays if you are with family. So I really appreciate you, Lynn. I know you've written a book. Do you have something else coming out? Um, I'm working on one right now, actually. It's very yes. exciting. Very exciting. So y'all stay tuned. And Lynn was on the show before. We'll link to that too, where we talked about feelings. But um, so appreciate your leadership in our church and all of this. And we'll link to your current book. In case. Oh, well, thank you. I, I, you know, I have such a passion. It has changed my life knowing there's a better way to live and I don't have to keep living the way I have. Um, and I, I really want other people to know that there's hope out there. You, there really is a better way to do some of these things and be in relationship with people that can make your life so much better. It's God's heart for us to live well in community, knowing that we are human, we are limited, we are sinful, we do have a past, but that we can bring those versions of ourselves together and show each other love and grace and mercy as best we can. So thank you, Lynn, for helping us do that today. Praying for you as you walk through these holidays. Thank you. I think it's really important that I pray over us in all of this. Lord, I thank you so much that you have given us the tools and the insight to come to you with what is going on in us and to be healed by you so that we can be healed in community. I pray for all of the division that has happened across families, across communities, across churches. I pray that, Holy Spirit, your spirit of unity, your spirit of reconciliation would be alive and well and would descend on these conversations so that we could move forward with a common vision to fight a common enemy, which is not each other, but is the one who is using division to keep us from the goal of kingdom building. I pray, Lord, for each mom represented. I know she is weary. I know that her heart is tired. I pray that you would give her a renewed strength, a renewed strength that she would feel your present comfort as she heads into this holiday season, as she would keep her eyes fixed on how vulnerably you came to this earth as a baby to remind her of her vulnerabilities are actually strength when you are present in her through the Holy Spirit. Guide us, God, in each day moving forward into the next year. Give us wisdom in all the decisions we have to make. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, y'all. Whew, 2020, right? So we don't have any new, blah, blah, blah. we don't have any more new shows the rest of 2020, but we did come up with this idea. We're gonna release mini episodes called Worth Repeating, one each week. And it may be something that we continue into 2021 as a way to get a little blip of goodness into your feed, your podcast feed, something to kind of energize you and encourage you. So keep your eyes open. Uh, if you're not subscribed, make sure you subscribe so that it pops up into your podcast player, wherever that is. We are so thankful for you. If you have been encouraged in 2020 by this show, if you leave a review on iTunes or wherever you listen, that helps other people find the show. I think uh, last time my team looked, we were at 1.8 thousand reviews. 
It would be cool if we got to 2,000. If you want to be a part of that goal, head on over to your iTunes podcast player and leave a review. You don't even have to write anything out. Just like click stars. Hopefully, hopefully a lot of stars. You liked it. Um, <laughs> all right. Thanks y'all for being part of this team. Appreciate you. Adios. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Don't Mom Alone podcast. If you're wanting to connect with more people and more resources to help remind you that you're not alone, head over to don'tmomalone.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guests. Most importantly, I want you to know the good news, the great news that you're not alone because God has promised to always be with you. With faith in Jesus Christ, the one who died for you and rose again, Jesus said when he left, he was going to leave a helper, a comforter to be with us. God in us. Moms, that's superpower. So while you're washing dishes at your kitchen sink, while you're driving to and from work, while you're feeding that baby late into the night, while you're cleaning sticky floors, God promises to be just as present with you as when you're worshiping in a church pew. As it says in Zephaniah 3.17, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Now that's good news. Have a great day.